I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a more than just podcast production. Let's do this. Um, how do we do this one again? Uh, welcome to. Why did we say? How do we start the show? <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, Hang we on. could go find an episode and listen. Yeah, to it I, was just, I was just thinking the same thing. I'll just listen to it real quick. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to the empty empty. Uh, oh, that's it. Yeah. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Empty JC podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's and you it, have right? to mess up in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just did. So, okay. Yep. So I think we're covered. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the MTJC. No, it's not, it's not, it's not, see, there you go, there you go. You're happy now, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> it's more than just code, I think. It's, what, yeah. it's hard to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, I, you I, know, I realized I really, as I just said that, I actually didn't intend to mess up, and I messed up. <laughs> it's hard to say. Oh, yeah. It's like Spockcast. Spockcast is hard to say. All right. Do you, hey, everybody. What, what do you ta- guys talk about in Spockcast these days? I thought it was all about you, what Star are you Trek like? Thing. What planet are you on? Um, Earth, we did, Tim. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the more, it's the more Soul. than just. All righty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? We also have Mark Rubin in San Jose, California. Hello. All Hey, we're back, as Jonathan would say. Yeah, so we're back. We're talking about, uh, we had a, an event yesterday, so we wanted to come back and do our give our roundtable discussion about that. But uh, as usual, we'll start off with some fact check. Um, and of course, you know, for those of you following the show, you you may know that we've also been doing some one-on-one interviews. We had uh, the, the folks from uh, Pock Pock on the show. We had John Wilker from 360 iDev. We had... Ryan um, McLeod, who produces the Black Box Puzzles game, the official puzzle game of More Than Just Code. And we also had, uh, we're c- coming up next week, is uh, Joe Triplinski, who did the keynote speech at uh, 360 iDev. And he's also one of the co-hosts of the uh, Release Notes podcast. And he's also a fan of the show. Woohoo! Way to go, Joe. All right. I think they're all fans of the show, to be honest with you. But um, actually, can I answer your question, Mark, about what we talk about on Spotcast first? If you must. 
if I must, if I must. Well, so it started out that the idea was to talk about um, the Discovery, right? The Star Trek Discovery show, because it was just coming back, and Jaime wanted to, you know, thought it would be a good time to to do a Star Trek podcast or one based around that. So we started with that, and then we, we sort of hit some headlines and stuff like that. And then Jonathan came on the show because he was writing fact check for us because we kept screwing up. And... Um, so we fi- I finally said to Jonathan, why don't you just come on the show and do a spat in the fact check? And then next thing we know, Jonathan's coming on with, with, with headlines and, and all kinds of other stuff. So we talk about headlines related to science fiction, writing, comic books, uh, anime. Harmony does a lot of anime stuff. Uh, we do TV shows and not just Star Trek related stuff. So I jokingly call it the more than just Star Trek podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we talk about a lot of sci-fi pop culture kind of stuff. Like, you know, we, we, we obviously talk about, like, Ed Asner passing away recently, things like that, right? We don't talk about Buckethead, though, surprisingly. And, um, but, yeah, that's that's the gist of it. And um, just what I wanted to say, too, about the YouTube channel. So um, I have a YouTube channel, and I'm asking people if they would uh, please um, go in and just subscribe to the channel. I need to gain – this is part of YouTube's nonsense. I have to get – uh, a thousand subscribers before they'll let me put MTJC and Spotcast merch on the YouTube channel. So, if you're listening and you're so inclined, just go ahead and click the button and subscribe to our channel. That would be great. Um, yeah, and I only push out something once a week, so it's not like a big deal for you if, if you feel like you're going to get annoyed by that. Anyway, uh, so on the fact check side, uh, speaking of, of John Wilker and 360i Dev, I was telling him that you know the genesis of more than just code was actually around 360i Dev, and I thought it was around 2010, 2011, but it turns out the first time I went to 360i Dev, where I met Jaime Lopez Jr., was 2013, and that was I believe that was in Littleton, wasn't it, Jaime? That's probably the. I think it was because I. I don't recall having easy access from like the airport or anything. I think yeah, I it was like a, like renting a vehicle or something. or something. Yeah, it was ridiculous, ridiculous drive or something like that. Right, uh, very expensive cab drive to the airport if I remember correctly. But because uh, we used to, we we ended up doing like uh, not you me, but uh, the people I was with ended up carpooling to save money. Right. Um, yeah. So that was where we met. And I think I met. I may and Joe. I'm pretty sure Joe was speaking at that show because because I remember meeting Joe there, but not you know face-to-face kind of thing but anyway so tw- yeah 2013 was was the first time i think 2014 was the time that the three of us went to um to uh, 360 idev right mark you've only been once yeah right? uh, the only time i went was 2014 yes but i think you and i met tim in it would have been either 2010 or 2011 at yeah, Macworld it, in san francisco yeah it would have been 2011 for sure because yeah, i think i had that a game to produce and you helped me do that yeah so yeah, that's when we met. So we met obviously first before that, and I met Aaron at um, at uh, Taco here in Toronto through uh, through the Toronto area Cocoa Heads group that we we frequent. So yeah, a couple of things, uh, some follow up. This is a this is kind of an older story, but you know it's kind of follow up for us because um, something that Mark has wanted for a while, and we'll, now we can find out if he's going to take advantage of this. But Apple began selling Touch ID equipped Magic keyboards. Um, and then the Mac Pro got new GPUs, but the, I think the the Touch ID on a on a portable keyboard, Mark, did you ever consider that? Or? Yeah, I'm thinking about getting one. Uh, I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Uh, it it's a little pricey for a keyboard, 150 to be honest. Uh, yeah. but I might, but I might do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm telling you, like, it to me, it's worth the price of admission. I use I love touch id i love face id i have two macs now that have uh, touch id on them 
I have the the M1 and the last year MacBook Pro 13. You know, I've got the Face ID on the on the the iPad. So yeah, I'm and all my phones. You know, so whenever I have to like enter a password, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, especially the integration with One Password too is really nice too. Yeah, but I think it has a T2 chip or T1 chip in it. I guess that must be how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Does it say? Oh, but I think it only works with M1. That's the, that was the limitation. But you have an M1. Mini, I have an right? M1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the that was the limitation. Is that the uh, that would work with that? Cool. All right. Um, yeah. Oh, speaking of retro equipment, I I just this weekend I got a free Apple Cinema Display Twenty. I don't know if you remember those ones, the aluminum ones. Like it's like it was the first sort of la- uh, letterbox kind of monitor. It came out with the with the original cheese grater um, G5s, I think. Uh, G5 or Intel's, right? And um, like, like from like long ago. Anyway, they had a common problem when they would stop working all of a sudden. Nobody knew why. Anyway, I got this thing, brought it home, went on Google, found out that it's a simple little $1 chip, <laughs> you know, that uh, it's a power regulator, that if it's if it's not keeping the, the voltage down to 3.5 volts or something like that, it, it, won't, uh, it, it won't light up the display, right? So... I went on. I went online, found a supplier, paid fifteen dollars for shipping for this one dollar part, and I got my soldering iron out yesterday, last night, in fact, and resurrected this monitor. So now, so I have a shiny new monitor, shiny, shiny old monitor to work with. Anyway, so that nice. was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still using my old uh, Thunderbolt display, which is basically yeah. more or less the same screen as the as the cinema display, just with a different connector. I think it's a. I have one too. Well, I have the display, the LED cinema led display which is the one before yours so mine has a display oh, okay. port, not a thunderbolt right got and it yeah okay. i think you're, you yeah. have you have um what ports do you have on the back i just have three usbs on the back of this one. Oh, i'd have to go around the back but there's a whole bunch of usbs there's a thun there's a couple of yeah. thunderbolts yeah. yeah see that i think that's a difference you have thunderbolt i don't right so yeah. and i yeah. have to use my my one and only well not anymore but i used to have to use my my thunderbolt port on my my mac to or my macbook to, to use it right but but this this um, cinema display twenty that I'm talking about is so old it has FireWire four hundred on it. <laughs> yeah, but it has HDMI out, which is kind of cool. Which is does it have does it have the uh, the power connector with the MagSafe that used to plug into your computer? Well, it has no, it has a brick. Like it has a power brick, external power brick. Is that what you mean? No, I mean to well to power. So mine has a cable that's hardwired into the monitor. With a with a MagSafe on the other end that I can connect to no existing computer anymore, so it's just kind of hanging yeah. out the well, back. Well, you of know the what? Thing. I, you know what I did was I have I, I have this little dock thing I bought for my USB thing. I went on Amazon and I found a power a USB C power power adapter that has MagSafe on it. So I plug that into my MagSafe for my monitor, and then I plug that into into the back of the Mac and that that's how my MagSafe works. So and then so I have MagSafe on my Mac and then I also then I have the you know the the various ports for the whatever. So I'm using the MagSafe to charge my Mac right now from my monitor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's I think it was like a sixty dollar part. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's kinda cool. So I have uh, all the retro dongles now to make my life simple. <laughs> you know, but now I'm looking at I'm looking around to see uh, this this old monitor has a DVI port on it, right? And I'm so I went and found a D I have I had a DVI to HDM or to display a port adapter, which I'm using on it now, but I want to go find one for U- DVI to USB C. It's like, you know, a, a monitor that will connect across two decades <laughs> or an adapter, I should say, right? So so your MagSafe uh, it connects to a USB C. Is that yeah with this adapter? Well, you, so, but yeah. you can't 
obviously you can't use the USB-C for anything when you're using this thing because there's no it's just well a, you know what a, I have a, I have a dock thing there's... I have a dock thing connected to my that that uses two ports on the side like it it takes two ports on the side of the the Mac and I just clamp uh-huh. it on the bottom and then it's got uh-huh. a port so I just so that's kind of like remember how when you were the old Display Port or the the monitor you had the idea was you could just unplug it and go right like you could just if you're sitting at your desk you plug it in you use a keyboard and a mouse and your monitor right. yep. and then you unplug it and you're on the road right kind of thing right yep. that's yep. that I can still do that but with this this um this dock adapter that I bought last year on a Kickstarter but mm-hmm. yeah so that's and then you know I bought a so I have a Display Port US. USB-C display port adapter as well. So I've, I've got a couple of those that I bought on eBay or not eBay, Amazon as well. So I can use my old um, uh, display port adapters, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, so another story I got here from last week, actually, let's leap forward a few months, um, is that uh, from CNBC. And I don't know if you're, I don't, can't remember if we were supposed to trust them or not, Mark, but They've got a story here about why the other giants in the tech industry are going to be start building their own chips. Obviously, you know, Apple does it for, you know, Apple's always been a hardware company, and I guess they, they want to basically control the experience. But it looks like Google and Facebook, Facebook, that's scary, are going to be producing their own chips. Have you read this article? Yeah. I mean, this is, it's kind of, I, I well, maybe I have a different perspective on it, but I don't see this as news. This is just kind of, yeah, of course they are. Um, <laughs> you know, Apple's always been a, a hardware company, but they were never a chip company until, you know, maybe, yeah. I guess it's, well, I guess it's been about 10 years now when they bought the uh, PA semi, PA semiconductor, Palo Alto semiconductor company. And they were a, they were a local startup, uh, here in Silicon Valley that made microprocessors. You know, they were kind of a competitor to Intel and, and, um, AMD at the time and, and, uh, you know, a few others. But you know they were a startup; they're very small. So yeah, Apple acquired them, and and they turned into all these A level A line chips, the you know the ARM chips that they're doing now. So, so I mean, I I think people like Google and Facebook and and others are are seeing what Apple's been able to do by building their own chip, and it's sort of a no brainer that yeah they should they should go do that. Remember, Google sort of already tried to go that way a little bit by when they bought Motorola. Uh, they tried to to you know just acquire some hardware talent and um, it didn't really work and they spun it all off. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised that they're going down that path. It's it's sort of a no brainer for these guys. So is the A1 or so A4 looks like the first sort of um, silicon Apple what they call Apple silicon, right? M1 M was was the first. Well, well, no, they they call it I mean, uh, the, the yeah. Apple A4. They're calling it Apple Silicon here. I'm just trying to see when that debuted in 2010. It says on the iP- Apple iPad. Oh, so the A4 was the was the chip in the first iPad, right? Does that sound right. Sounds iPad? about right. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So that was around, that was they they hadn't acquired that company by then, right? They mentioned. Oh, they absolutely had. Absolutely had. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I'm thinking now. It would have been. Oh, it says 2010 here. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, no. When they acquired the company, it's it's probably around 2007 or 2008, maybe 2008, maybe 2009. Hmm. I'm going to say 2008. I'm just looking here for for future follow up or avoid fact checking. <laughs> um, <laughs> when they well, uh, when they, when they did this, so um, yeah, I'm just yeah, because now they and that became the, the M1 came out of the the last uh, what the 12 I think was the one that. The M1 sort of. Okay, I was off, right. right. So yeah. PA Semi was acquired by Apple in April 2008. Oh, the watch is an S chip. 
Interesting. So when did we start? So around the iPhone 5 is when they started putting Apple Silicon in the phones, do you think? That sounds a little early. No, iPhone 4. It says iPhone 4S was was, uh, A5, and the iPad 2 had an A5 as well. Yeah, interesting. Okay. All good. It's all all about making... Well, it's about control, too, right? And you can can optimize your stuff, and you're not really being compared nuts and bolts to other people, right? Or apples and oranges, as it were. (laughs) Yeah, and at some point, when you get to that sort of scale that these companies that they're talking about have, just eking out the tiniest percentages of, of difference can be a huge competitive advantage versus like, you know, if the, the chip sitting in my laptop right now was a tiny percentage better. All right. I mean, I'm not going to complain if it was, but I really care. Not really. Cause it's a scale of one, right? Like yeah, what, true. what difference you can make that, uh, you know, the, the Reddit webpage renders <laughs> a nanosecond earlier where my brain can't even comprehend the difference. Yeah. Oh, but I can see it. I can see it. Jaime. I can tell. So the other story that's kind of going around, we may be a little late to talk about this, but is the the, the judgment from the Epic case, versus Apple versus Epic, is that uh, judge ruled, I think last week, that Apple will have to start offering or allowing people to do other things other than in-app, in-app purchases, right? Have you guys been keeping up on that story? Yeah, I mean, yeah. There, was, there was the original announcement, but there hasn't been really much since then, has there? I mean, we, had, we haven't heard any details of, of what's happened yet. Right. No, but w- w- what do you think about that? I mean, to me, it's to, I think it's a Pandora's box for, you know, control and what people will be able to do in their apps, right? Like, you're going to get, nef- I think you're going to get nefarious characters. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it. I think it's, it, it's just opening the door for a lot of spam and a lot of, um, you know, all the other things that, that come along when, when, when you can start putting in a general purpose link right in your, in your app. I mean, I, I, I wonder actually how, how it's going to work. Is there going to be, maybe Apple will control it through an API uh, or something like that. So you won't just be able to stick, you know, any kind of um, any kind of control in there that just accesses your, your website or whatever, and lets you do purchases through that. I mean, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, is Apple even, you know, this is actually a good question. Does Apple even stop you right now from putting a browser in your app and, and just going to your website and signing up for things? I guess they don't, right? No, I mean, well, like the, uh, well, the, the famous case is Audible, you know, you can, you can't buy books on the Audible app. You have to go to That's the Audible true. site and buy them. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. And Am- Amazon is the same way. Yeah. And yeah. Netflix, Amazon, eBay, those are all kind of yep. their apps that let you go. I mean, they do, there is a, 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 an interface where you can go and buy stuff in these apps now, right? Like, I don't know if you, can you sign up for Netflix and through the app or do you have to go to a website to do that? Do you know, Jaime? I would probably have to log out to see what, what it tells me. Yeah, I, yeah. I think for a while they've said, oh, just log in. We're Netflix. Yeah, You'll okay. figure out how to, how to yeah. create an account, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so services are a different thing, I think, though, right? But, like, it comes back to the Smurf Berry thing, which goes back to, like, one of our first episodes where we talked about that, um, the cust- the Canadian customer that got charged, like, $1,000 worth of Smurf Berries because the kid just went in and just hit buy, 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 you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this this whole Epic thing is weird and because the original news came out and the media was 100% wrong. And they were like, oh, look at this huge yeah, Epic changes and uh you know no pun intended and and epic one and then after people sort of spent some time reading through it they're like man they didn't win anything <laughs> and there's a big reason why epic is um uh, uh appealing the case so the judge 
Pretty they're much appealing the judgment that it was in their favor. It wasn't in their favor. Like everything went wrong, right? It, it, except for like one minor change, which we'll, we'll get you. So like rolling through them. So the, the judge uh, affirmed Apple's right to terminate Apple, uh, Epic's developer accounts for violating oh, really? the agreement. So they could oh. absolutely be knocked out at any point in time, including stuff uh, related to their Unreal Engine business. Then the next part is... Um, the judge rejected the monopolization claim saying like, look, you're, you're trying to draw to, to find a distinction here. There's, there's no real monopoly. And then, uh, yes, you can have the alternative payment link, but, but even though the judge said like, Hey, that's, that's not cool that you're not allowed to do that. But the judge made it clear that Apple was still entitled to a commission, even if he didn't use the their oh, IAP system. So it's like, okay. oh, we yeah. can include a link. It just gets a little harder for Apple to figure out and tabulate exactly how much money we owe them. Hmm. So, right. uh, oh, and by the way, uh, Epic owes a few million dollars based on the 30% it should have paid Apple during the time hmm. that it had its... Um, you know, it's funny business in the store. So like it was an absolute loss for Epic. They, they gained an, you know, an alternative link. That's cool. They still owe money and they still will continue to owe money. And I'm unclear what, if anything, that, that Epic really won. A Pyrrhic victory mm. is the, I, it is harsh, harsh. And, and, and maybe even the harshest one that just absolutely destroys what Epic was trying to do is like, yeah, this isn't a monopoly. <laughs> I mean, it's not exactly, I mean, I'm being glib, I'm not a lawyer here, but like they, they, it's not as if they found them to not be in a monopoly. It's they said like, this doesn't pass muster for qualifying as a monopoly, given the evidence that you have provided. So entirely possible, okay. a different court with different evidence might find differently, but I'm like, would you want to go to court <laughs> to prove this? Having had that precedence that you absolutely no. know the other side is going to use. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting story. And uh, you know, we, I mean, it's follow-up for us because we were talking about this epic story back in the day, right? When it first came out. So it's obviously not resolved yet. Okay. Um, so, Jaime, you have a PSA here for everybody who's listening to the show. Yeah, everybody needs to uh, update their devices. There was the uh, the Zero Day came out. It was, uh, we're right in here, Pegasus. Where does the Pegasus thing, Pegasus thing come from? Because it's, the name? I thought it was Forced Entry was the name. Was that... That's maybe, different. maybe, yeah. Somebody, somebody called. Somebody asked me if it was Pegasus, but I, I just—that's just somebody at work called it that. But yeah, um, they, people get kind of cute with this sort of thing in the the security circle. So I apologize. I don't know exactly the naming, but nevertheless, the the, the key takeaway is uh, you absolutely need to update your iOS and uh, macOS devices to uh, iOS fourteen point eight, and I think Big Sur eleven point six. Oh, it is in Big Sur as well. Watch OS. Um, Actually, they even released patches for um, Catalina. So I, I don't have that number in front of me, but uh, go update your stuff is the, the key thing. Because this is a zero-click install where like you don't even notice that something occurred. So that's pretty scary. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it says here, explainer, our, our radar explainer of pegs is here in the, in the link that you have in the story. So I guess that's where the, that'll explain what the name is, Jaime. But um, yeah. My my sister was asking me today if it was also macOS. I wasn't really sure, but apparently something to do with the messaging app, right? Like somebody can send you a message or something like that, and that's how it it gets in. It was like PDF parsing, I think. Um, oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, PDF parsing being uh, I've never done it myself, but is notorious for being difficult as a very dense, complicated spec. 
Right. And when you have dense, complicated stuff, you get an opportunity for people to break free of, uh, you know, your, your boundary checking or other things that I'm sure happen. So, so it says here on the tin, it says Pegasus is a spyware developed by a private contractor for use by government agencies. Uh, the program infects the target's phone and sends back data, including photos, messages, audio, video recordings. Pegasus developer in an Israeli company called NSO Group says that the software can't be traced back to the government using it. A crucial feature for clandestine operations. So, you know, cue the Tom Cruise movie, right? It's kind of less exciting, you know. I mean, you, you kind of want to see a guy go through an air vent and then hover midair while attached to wires above the pressure-sensitive ground. It's a lot less exciting to be like, "Hey, we need to get these this data." All right, I'm going to send this guy a text message. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, did did it make it? Yeah, yeah. I've got all the data. It's streaming to us now. <laughs> but you have to have some sort of climatic. Oh, they're going to turn on the the air vent thing, and while he's while he's in there. Um, Anyway, so I talked about this on on Spotcast the other day, but I want to talk about it here because it, it does apply to us as well. But uh, there's an interesting book come out called The Biography of the Pixel, and it's a story about, as Wired calls it, a little-known genius who helped make Pixar possible. That's a bit of a lost leader, but uh, Alvy Ray Smith is the computer scientist, I want to call it that, who came up with the uh, one of the ways of creating graphics on computers in, in that um, you know, and it, it's sort of the the father of it's the father of the pixel. You know, the idea of a, of a rendering a, a square. We you know we know them as little square elements on our screen that together make a full whole image. Can also make an animation or a three D object and, and create the illusion that we're actually looking at something that's real, which is which it isn't, and it's all based in code. And um, so, uh, it, but interestingly enough, he worked for uh, Pic- he worked for Pixar in the early days, and uh, when Jobs came along and looking at acquiring them. Uh, so uh, John Lasseter and um, Ed Catmull worked with him. and But apparently he sort of had this this aha moment or this discovery of the concept of, of creating computer graphics this way through an LSD trip. <laughs> so that's why he's kind of, kind of, you know, Disney kind of swept him under the carpet and Pixar kind of swept him under the carpet. Anyway, so he's written this book called The Biography of the Pixel, uh, which, you know, I'm probably going to try and get my hands on. But it's an interesting story about, uh, I, I may or may not have heard of him. I don't know. Mark, have you heard of this guy before? No, no. No? Yeah, it's an interesting interesting read here on the, on the uh, even if you just look at the, the Wired article that we've got linked here in the show notes, uh, about how you know, this whole concept of digital light is what he came up with, you know. Um, and like, you know, things like ray tracing, where ray tracing is, is you know, you have a 3D object in, in space and you describe how light bounces off that object and you create the pixels on the plane of the monitor, if you will, uh, that lets you have the illusion that there's an actual thing. So it's kind of like, the, you know, the birth of the matrix and that kind of stuff. And and uh, at one point in a, in a conference, John Lasseter and Ed Catmore were on stage and they were asked, you know, by somebody whether, you know, the use of of hallucinogenics or whatever was was involved in in the creation of Pixar and uh, Lasseter Catmull says is Alvy Ray Smith in the audience you know like just throwing back to him and it turned out he was actually there but he didn't say anything at the time but so I, I think I've heard about this guy before in the past thing but yeah it's definitely an interesting story if uh, you know I mean that's the it's the sixties culture right and uh, what was that German word I used the other day Jaime? um uh, where is it? It's, it basically it it's it's a word that means you know um doesn't have english translation but it me- basically means that 
you put into your world what you perceive about that about life or about existence and that kind of stuff and that's what this this guy did right so i don't yeah. remember the word but it's probably a long complicated word like schadenfreude or yeah it's not quite similar. that long but yeah and by the way this picture of him i just noticed at the bottom of the article working at, at palo uh, zero park or palo alto P, uh, research committee is there what's it called palo uh, xerox park right Palo Alto. Yeah, Research Palo Alto Center. Research Corporation. Yeah. Center, center. Research center? center. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm just looking for this word here. I've, I've tweeted about it, about the word when I discovered it. It was my word of the day when I read the article. But yeah, definitely check this guy out. It's, it's a really interesting um, interesting thing. They're comparing this to uh, um, this. He lays out a grand unifying theory of digital expression. You know, Pixel is a deep, challenging tome in the spirit of Douglas Hofstetter's Goodell, Escher, and Bach. You know, I don't know if you guys have read that one, but it's another famous yep. conceptual book from back in the day. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, check it out. They were talking about how in the 2007 story, Pixar story, they didn't they didn't cover his contributions, which is, I think, a bit funny. But anyway. Um, yeah. So anyway, well, we, we've, we've convened here at our table today to discuss the Apple event, which happened yesterday on September 14th, as we record. Um so do you want to do you want to should we dive in on this event here? What do you think? Obviously, right? <laughs> <laughs> Made in California. Made in California. Yeah, I mean, what was the so so the, it started I mean, it started off with a bunch of music, right? Like did you get the gist of what the California streaming thing was about or just was it just the, the event or Yeah, I I don't know what the California connection was. There I I didn't quite get that. Other than the Apple, well, he did talk about working in California at one point in his in his sure. at the top of the show. But lots of people work in California. Yeah. So anyway, they started off the, the show talking about some of the stuff on Apple TV Plus coming out. Um, the fact that they had like you know thirty five nominations for I believe it was Emmys and stuff like that, and but twenty alone were for, for Ted Lasso. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. And then they dove right into the the uh, the ninth generation of the iPad. Speaking of iPads, so. Um, Melody Kuna came out and talked about the the iPad, and it's going to be using this A13 Bionic chip. Um, and I don't know if you guys want to jump in and talk about some of the features. These are some of my notes that I took here. Um, it also include it also has the wide camera lens that can can work with the center stage thing, which I think they introduced last uh, last year on the iPads Pro, I believe, right? Um, that's the thing where you know you can use a wide angle. You can if you're in a video and you move across the screen, or somebody else walks into the into view the the wide angle um, can automatic the software can automatically you know in, in make it make it a shot wider to include those people. I wonder if it can adjust for. Have you ever noticed this that when you're when you're using uh, FaceTime on an iPad yeah. and you're holding it in landscape, yeah. the camera's on the left, right, or on the right, right? The camera's on the side. So if you're looking straight at the at the iPad, it looks like you're look, looking off in the in the you know into the at an angle. So I mean, they, it seems like they could fix that in software, probably. Well, they did. They did do that with the selfie camera, right? Like the front-facing camera. They they made it so that they. I think they readjusted so that it looks like you're looking at the at the. I tend to always look at the lens because I know that's kind of how photography works. But yeah, yeah. I thought they had adjusted something about where they can make you look like you're looking at the lens because. I find it odd that you see a lot of like stuff on selfies and stuff like that, where people are looking at their phone in a mirror and taking a picture of themselves, which is, you know, they're not looking at you, they're looking at the phone. 
Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I was actually on some Zoom calls today where, you know, it's, it's, it's hard and, you know, you know, you know, the lens is on the top of your Mac, right? The same sort of idea, right? But you're looking down at the people on the, on the yeah, screen. Right? Yeah. And it's very easy to forget to look up at the top. It's very unnatural to look up at the top at your camera. Yeah. Well, yeah. you want to look at the people's reaction to your, right. to what you're saying, right? So, right. Yeah. Right. And it looks odd because they're not looking at you. <laughs> right. We have, we have another similar case uh, with my company where everyone's got a big screen monitor uh, that we brought home with us and as well as our laptops. So most people have the, uh, the, the use the camera in the laptop, the, you know, the, uh, um, yeah. Better to, camera, yeah. 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 Well, the, cause the monitors don't have a camera actually. So, you know, some people like I have a, I have an external um, camera that I mount on top of the monitor, but, but most people don't, they just use the laptop. So, so they'll be looking at the big screen to do work or look at code or talk about whatever, uh, or look at a document cause it's big, but the camera's off on the side. So it's just like the iPad experience where everything's well, and you, kind of you get an this angle. sort of feeling. They're not really paying attention to you. Right? Yeah. They're not looking. Yeah. And, and this actually, a- this was actually a weird thing that happened during the pandemic that a bunch of people noticed. Cause I, I asked them about it, uh, that we didn't notice until we started seeing people in person again, where all of a sudden it was kind of weird to look someone in the eye. Cause we're so used to being on a zoom call with them. <laughs> And not yeah. looking at them because of this effect, you know, we're looking in a, in a different direction and just having a conversation without actually looking a person directly in the eye. And then we finally, you know, met in person and we're like, oh yeah, I have to remember to look at you, look at you and look you in the eye again. It was wow. a weird, weird side effect of the pandemic. We're, we're all going to walk around looking away from people as we talk to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is why as a pro tip, whenever I'm on a zoom call or other video kind of thing at work, I always slide the window over as close as possible yeah, to I where my too. webcam is yeah. so that yeah. it kind of looks like I'm looking yeah. them in the eye, even though it's slightly off. No, I hear you. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, another weird thing is when you're in these large group calls where there's like the grid of 30 people and you're not, you know, it's, you're not looking, you're never looking at the person that you're actually talking to. Right. Because, because whenever you look at that person, wherever they are on the screen, the camera is somewhere else. It's a very weird, very weird thing. Anyway. Anyway, so the other thing that the, that this thing includes True Tone, which, you know, I think we've talked about. That's the, the light adjusting color balance thing that it does. And the, the, I think the nice thing about this one is it it's the form factor hasn't changed. So it'll be compatible with the existing cases. I think they're for, did they come out with iPad cases last year? Like the Magic Keyboard and stuff like that, right? And then, uh, and of course, uh, oh, this one supports the first generation um, pencil as well. So hmm. the first gen pencil, the OG pencil, is still is still viable. I still have one on the shelf over here that I could use if I if I was to get one of these guys. And um, I think the news for a lot of us is and came. I don't I don't know if we should have been surprised by this or not, but I think they are available next Friday and the twenty fourth, and that uh, they come with iPad OS fifteen, which means if you read between the lines, that iOS fifteen, iPad OS, and iOS fifteen will be on the street next Friday. Did you guys catch that from the show? They usually uh, release the Golden Master a little before the official release. Yeah, it, too, it can, they... the gold. The, are the, they're calling it now release candidate, by the way, because oh. master is a bad word. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, <laughs> it's yep. the the yep. iOS fifteen RC and the iPad OS fifteen RC. Has, did that come uh, out? Did that drop? They're out already. It's oh, out it came out yesterday. Yeah, I see. yeah. Okay. So I've, okay. I've ordered it up on my on my my test phone that I have here. 
mm-hmm. uh, as well as the I think the RC for uh, for I Xcode thirteen is now out as well. So yeah, go get it, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And then um, yeah, two ninety nine is the starting point for this iPad, if I'm not mistaken, or is that the education education prices? When, uh, yeah, I think it's four ninety nine. Right, is the base price uh, three twenty nine base price for sixty four gigs in schools? Get it at two ninety nine is what I wrote. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, well, I tried to do it right. fast because they they kind of whipped through yeah. that part. The other thing that people have been looking forward to is um, the iPad Mini. This is the sixth generation of iPad Mini. Um, Liquid Retina display is a new thing. Obviously, I think I don't think we've had an update. When's the last time we had an update on a, of a Mini? It was a couple of years, right? The iPad feels like it, it feels like it had fallen into the the cheaper iPad role versus being a smaller iPad. Yeah. Right. You know, they, right. they had the iPhone Mini last year. That was last year, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yep. It's, yep. It, it's back again this year too. Yeah, um, and then the uh, eight point three is the is the screen size, so it's almost as like you know if you think about it, the other one, the other iPad's like nine inches, I think, right? So it's getting up there in terms of size, but it but it hasn't, but because they've been able to move the bezels out, you know, move the screen further closer to the edges, right? Um, it has Touch ID, but they're moving. The, I think the Touch ID sensors move to the top where the power button is, right? Um, yeah, it was interesting that the that has that right now. Yeah, it was interesting that the mini has 5G, but the regular iPad does not. It doesn't. Oh, okay. Well, at mm. least I didn't mention it, and I I assume they would have mentioned it if it did. Yeah. Well, I got the 5G in my vaccine, so I'm covered. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other weird thing was that there were no Pro iPads announced. Yeah, no, but the, yeah. they just recycled those last year, didn't they? The updated. Yeah, the M ones. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, it kind of caught me by surprise. I don't know about you guys, but like the, this whole naming thing with Apple, it's always been a. And we've talked about this on the show before because the iPad three wasn't called wasn't called the iPad three, and then the iPad four right. was just called the iPad, right, right, right. And it was like the new iPad. Well, which iPad is it? It's the it's the new one. It's the new one. Right? Yeah. And that's sort of been the naming. So when they started talking about iPads, and then they then they rolled into the and it has the A thirteen. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what happened to the M1? Then I realized, oh yeah, the M1's a pro model right. chip, right? right? So yeah, very strange. Yeah, and this one had Touch ID too, the one they showed. Yeah, this new one, and then also a USB-C port now for the first time on a Mini, right? And this I, I didn't catch. This is the the, I, the new iPad. I'm going to call it that. Does it have the one with the the education? Is that that still using a Lightning port? Does anybody know? I don't have it in my notes. I, I don't know. Yeah, we we can. Yeah, because they specifically called out the USB C port here on the on the uh, same as the Air. It says here. So I guess uh, the Air has it. The Pro M ones and the Pro uh, from twenty twenty also have uh, USB C. Like my my iPad I'm looking at right now has it. Um, True Tone Flash on the back, a twelve megapixel back camera, which is kind of nice, like good resolution camera on a, like on an iPad. Um, can record in 4K, which is interesting. It has the center stage thing as as well. Um, new speakers, so you can listen to it in landscape. It's funny, like now they're acknowledging that people use their iPads in landscape, and uh, and new smart folio cameras similar to the ones that, and also supports for the second generation pencil now too. So that mini with a pencil support, I think that's something that we've we've been waiting for for a while too, right? So. I don't know if you you guys have uh, like I don't know if you use the pencil or not, but I've I've actually started taking notes by just writing on the screen, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I use the pencil three, all the time, actually. I was using a doing a three D um, learning how to do sculpture in three D, and uh, the use the pencil for all the sort of effects, and and so when when a dialogue box comes up and you 
you need to write a name and you just you've got the pencil in your hand you just scribble up the thing and write the name in and it's surprisingly accurate in terms of i mean i'm used to the newton which was like a complete joke right but um yeah surprisingly uh, uh accurate right yeah. The other thing they announced is that iPads are uh, all now all no all the iPad lines are made out of 100% recycled materials, which is kind of cool, good for the environment. So why don't I throw over to you, Jaime? You can talk about the watch series seven, which has uh, 20% more screen area, in kind of a, a yep. sort of non-intuitive way, given that it you know it is physically bigger, but it's it's not 20% bigger. So it's kind of cool that they were able to to shave off space with the the thinner borders uh, rounded borders not not flat edges as had been yeah. heavily rumored well many, and the many... image wraps around the corner too like because of the, the larger display like you can actually see a bit of the image on the on a curve on the curve right i think there used to be some android phones that did that as well yep yep uh samsung had some phones like that mm-hmm. uh, might, might still actually but uh 70 brighter uh always on display Mm. I don't think they gave the nits on that one. They gave a lot of nits, a lot of nits to pick later on, but <laughs> not here. Uh, 18 hour battery life. Uh, of course, your your mileage may vary there depending how you use it, but it does have a 40% faster charge. And they talked about 45 minutes to get to an 80% charge to give you eight hours of sleep tracking, which is, is pretty cool because I think it's one of those things where it's got enough battery life now where you could, um, you know, depending on your life. Right. If you're like a heavy user with their workouts and stuff, while you're eating lunch or something, plop it on the charger. Or if you're not and you're kind of, you know, leading towards the end of the day, plop it on the charger during dinner. Or if you're kind of a lighter user and you want to use it for that sleep tracking type stuff, just plop it on the charger when you wake up in the morning while you're in the shower and eating breakfast. Right. So it, yeah. it's it's not quite enough to do do a full 24 hours of, of heavy usage but i could see the the light coming at the end of the tunnel new colors i i did not write the colors i only have four colors here uh for the illuminum midnight starlight green product red and i don't know what the other color is yeah uh, they, uh, natural well, they also, black titanium uh, by the way just a quick follow-up on the on the ipad the main ipad because it supports the ipad to the apple sorry the apple pencil one Right, it's a lightning port because the that's how the you charge the uh, the Apple Pencil, the first OG pencil, right? Because it has a lightning port, a to- lightning adapter on the top. It does that sort of popsicle looking thing? You know, you know what I mean? No, you don't know what I mean. Okay, popsicle. So silver, space gray, gold, a new gold, uh, a blue, and a red is what they have for the the watch. It looks like. Let's see. Let's see. Ooh, it depends on the. I assume those are the uh, aluminum ones because they have the natural and oh, black yeah, titanium. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Titanium. I didn't know. I didn't know they made titanium watches when did they start doing that. Joe mentioned that the other day on the show. On the. I think it was sometime after they did the ceramic. I think they stopped doing oh, yeah. the ceramic um, somewhere around series three, two or yeah. three, and then switched over at some point to titanium. You have the uh, Nike and Hermes Doble. That's double for those of you at home. Uh, tour band. <laughs> for those of you who don't speak French. It yeah. costs more when you pronounce it like Target and not Target. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the watch is compatible with existing bands. So every every year, people are always rumored of like, oh my gosh, yeah. all your all your bands are going to be worthless. They apparently are paying very close attention to this and and keeping the bands the same thing. So the seven is starting at uh, three ninety nine for the base price. They're keeping around the SE at two seventy nine and the series well, three. Did they give prices for the watch? Uh, the only price they gave was the base, I think. Um, 
at okay. three ninety nine for the base a base price. That's presumably the the smallest model. And uh, it is available later this fall at indeterminate times because the one thing that the rumors got correct this year is that there were some some manufacturing troubles. And so the fact that they don't have an exact date kind of confirms that. Um, one thing it did not happen is it, it's not going to tell you uh, your glucose or uh, you know diabetes monitoring. It is not going to you know make sure that you have enough fiber in your diet or any of those other things. So it's so no new sensors this year. No new sensors. But it can still do your EKG on the bus, right? Like the dude in the commercial that they showed. That's true. And they were showing the, <laughs> the, the tennis racket stuff, right? And like uh, acceleration uh, tracking, swing tracking right. and etc. That was kind of cool. That was more um, app-related stuff than it was uh, hardware for the, the watch. Yeah. Yep. And then what did they introduce as well? This sort of thing you stick to your ear and talk to people with. Are you going to bypass uh, Apple Fitness Plus updates? I oh, mean, we no. Can. Let's do, yeah, no, go ahead. Go 15 ahead. new countries, yeah. English with six languages subtitled themes, workouts to get ready for the winter season, and group workouts where you can challenge right. each other. And meditation and Pilates, don't forget. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest, like, I'm, this is not, the, I'm not their market, so I kind of zoned out a little bit when they went through the oh, yeah. meditation stuff. But, you know, it's, it's important for the overall health, right? Yeah, physical and mental health, so. So you haven't got any, any pandemic uh, pounds that you need to lose? You know, I haven't gone on a scale, but um, oh, that's a good that's a good point. I should I I still fit into my clothes pretty well, so that's probably a, a very loose sign. Well, cotton um, does I, stretch, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, it still fits. As it's like now a sexy negligee, it's like all see through, yeah. bursting fitting into your, fitting into your sweatpants doesn't count, I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the elastic band. Yeah. Um well I'm I'm happy to say I'm down thirty pounds. I've been on what? I've been really? on a, a Whoa, brain, that's uh, that's quite the accomplishment. Wow. Yeah. I've been on a brain hacking adventure here, sort of learning to, you know, rethink how I consume food and why I consume food and when I consume food and, and it's it's paying off. Taking a while. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to go a little further, but yeah. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. I don't know if you can see the difference. I mean, I'm I look in the mirror. I'm the same guy every day, right? So, but yeah, I feel better. But good, yeah. it's very and, good. And it's very good. So I've been I've been looking at the fitness plus. Carol and I went to an AquaFit thing, and I had my watch on and in the water and doing that kind of thing. So basically, do a workout in the water. And then um, I d- I tried the yoga thing, but uh, with fitness plus, but I didn't get very far with it. I probably have to go back to it. So I don't know about Pilates. Pilates is is like a sort of um, it's like yoga plus, right? Is that the idea behind Pilates? I am interested in the in the meditation though too. That's that's pretty cool. The mindfulness stuff, that's good. They did a they did a mindful talk mindfulness talk at WWDC last year. I don't know if you guys saw that one. Um, no, I did not see that one. No. Cool. All right. Well, I didn't take many notes on the iPhone, so I'm going to have to rely on you for this as well. Yeah, I guess we can spoil it by saying there is a 13 and a 13 Pro. So they do it in kind of the same normal normal order. It has the same flat edge design, but the New ceramic shield is what they're calling the front with, you know, better, better at uh, not getting all dinged up. Is, is, the is that the back you mean, the ceramic or, or or the front is ceramic glass or whatever? They called it ceramic shield and I don't remember if they put a, a trademark or something on it, but I think it was capitalized as if it was, if not theirs, sure. at least somebody's trademark. Right. Uh, still continues. I think this is the same with the IP68 water resistance. Dual camera system. Remember the uh, the thirteen 
only has two cameras, and the the pros yeah. have the the triple camera. Oh, five, there's a bunch of nits too here. Bunch of nits. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, five new colors that I actually get on right. Pink, pink. Really? Is that what I said? Okay. All right. I wrote down pink, blue, midnight, starlight, and product red. Yeah, pink. Yeah. Uh, they actually acknowledge the notch and said that the true depth camera system is a uh, 20% smaller in the horizontal direction. I think, I don't think anybody's confirmed anything on the vertical direction. Yeah. It didn't look up like it from the animation. It just looked like they made it narrower, not, not shorter. I think I heard them say slightly larger, but it might be on the pro they were talking about hmm. like what narrower, but, but a slightly lighter, slightly taller. Maybe Renny Richie said that. I'm not sure. Yeah, so the, 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 the notch ears. is taller or the visible area is taller. So the notch uh, is smaller, is shorter. I think Randy Richards said it mean? was slightly taller. Like, I mean, that, that yeah, it's taking more away from the screen. Okay. okay. That might have been on the pro model. Hmm. And this is an A15 chip. I think you're going to cover that, right? That's correct. The A15 Bionic, which they had in the iPads as well, if I'm not mistaken. No, A13 on the iPad. Was it? I thought they had. Yeah. Was it not the. No, I made a note of that one. Uh, oh, I misremembered. You're right. The 13 yeah, and the new Bionic iPad. And, yeah, yeah. thought they had thrown a 15 maybe in the mini, but no, I guess not. All right. So 15s, no 14 Bionic. Um, there is the uh, iPhone mini as well. So despite the rumor saying that the 12 mini was a horrible waste of time and how terrible it sold, it's like, well, apparently it sold well enough to make another one. So <laughs> choose that as you may. Um, yeah. Wait a minute. I have conflicting notes here. I have... 1200 nits but also a super retina xdr display at 800 nits i don't know what i was yeah, writing there. so so yeah well it says here 800 nits max brightness typical then it's got 1200 nits max brightness hdr so uh, they both have super retina hdr display so i'm confused as well super retina, retina xdr is the the branding that i wrote so uh, yeah, sorry, Super Retina XDR. No, no, sorry, I'm sorry. So it has HDR display. Both models have HDR display, two-tone, wide-color P3, haptic touch, uh, 2 million to 1 contrast ratio, typical, it says. 800 nits max brightness, typical, and then it says 1,200 nits brightness HDR. What is HDR? High definition something, right? It gives you that Radio. higher contrast like and, and like truer color from what I recall. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fingerprint resistant oleophobic coating how about that <laughs> i mean hopefully that's an improvement because i'm pretty sure we've we've had that for quite a bit so yeah, i don't know I that don't was in the in the role yeah. of stats uh rolling into the cpu they've they talked about their five nanometer tech with 15 billion transistors billion billions and billions of transistors uh, a six core cpu with two of those core being high performance and four of them being efficiency cores they say up to 50 percent faster than leading competition without really like talking specifically who that is um and 30 uh, percent faster graphics a 16 core neural engine with uh i wrote here 15.8 trillion operations per second so there's your wow. there's your custom silicon that uh, we were talking about earlier mm. Right. Yeah. Uh, going to cameras, the uh, 12 megapixel wide camera, which brings in 47% more light. Bunch of uh, micron pixels and aperture talk that goes way over my head because I'm not a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> the lower the aperture, the, the better the, the camera, basically. Ah, okay. Got it. Got yeah, it. The more, the more light it's able to capture at, at a small, with a, like the aperture is like when your, you know, when your pupils go really small, they dilate. That's kind of what aperture is out pupils go small okay. to when it's really bright yeah so it means it can capture more low low level light in when the aperture is small okay got it that, that that makes sense um 
continuing on with the camera, they've got the, the cinematic mode with the, uh, the rack focus, which predicts entering into frame and, uh, can detect when you are gazing away for some interesting, uh, cinematic style focusing. So that was kind of, that was kind of neat they showed a, um, you know, the knockoff brand of knives out is what it seemed to be that they were going yeah. with, with their, their made on iPhone movie. That was kind of neat to see. That was interesting. I was sort of reading about that, or I think Renny Richie was talking about it. So it, is it based on whether the person's looking at the camera? Isn't that, I think that, that he kind of said that, like, because I was playing with my own, my current phone right now, and just sort of had, like, something off in the distance and something close, because normally what I do when I'm taking a picture is I tap on the screen where I want it to focus or, or get the brightness from, right? Um, and it, and the lens automatically adjusts the focus, you know, t- forward and back. So, but, but I, apparently he's doing this automatically through this mode. Yeah. My understanding is that this is all a, um, a bunch of trickery that it's like everything is, is captured raw and then it decides in software what to do with bokeh oh, kind I of see. effects. Okay, right? yeah, it's like, they say t- t- you can fix it in post kind of thing. Like, yeah, you can change it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then things like, you know, it predicts entering into frame is like, well, that just means that the camera can see a little bit more than, than what actually gets captured so that captured, it can start right. detecting. Because they didn't talk about any other sensors, um, you know, infrared or otherwise coming out of the device. So I assume it can see something coming into frame before you've got the actual capture. Well, frame if, you're, if you're shooting with the main lens, right, you've got the wide angle lenses as well. They could be capturing information on the wide angle lens and then, you know, interpreting the dog is running into the screen or whatever. Right. Yeah. So it starts preparing like, okay, we're predicting here that we're going to have to focus on this. And then the gazes away kind of seems like a, a natural thing for face tracking where they're already looking at attention for yeah, things like the right. true depth sensors. Like, okay, person was looking at the camera. Now they're looking away. Well, let's track the vector that they're, you know, that they're going on and predict where do we need to, to go focus. And they showed it really cool where the guy was looking, you know, ahead. And then he looks over at um, like a picture frame or something on the, on the back wall. So that's, uh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I think uh, like video cameras have been trying to do that for years, right? Like the, you know, standard, you know, SLR cameras and that kind of stuff. But what did they call that? Did they call it, was that called portrait mode or something like that? What was the, what was the deal with, did they give it a name? Depth control, the rack I guess, focus, right? I thought, was cinematic rack mode. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, cinematic mode. Okay, I got it, yeah. Right. Yeah, I might be misusing. Maybe cinematic mode includes rack focus and all the other things. Oh, yeah, no, no, you're about. right. Cinematic mode for recording videos in shallow depth of field. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, depth of field is when you focus on something close or far, or, or, or how, much, how much in the plane as you move away from yourself, things are in focus. That's depth of field. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and it's a movie movie trickery thing where they they you know they pull the pull the focus if like you know you know the scene where you got you're looking at the guy and all of a sudden he has this major realization of oh my god look what's happening and they they pull the focus and the, the room gets longer behind them kind of thing that's that's one of the sort of video mm-hmm. tricks or film tricks they do using lenses but yeah neat yeah I mean it sounds interesting like it's funny every year they come up with a camera that's just that much better than the one you have you know. Um, you know, I, I got the. I'm glad I got the 12 Pro because I, you know, I I went from a, a 10R, I guess, to the Pro, right? Um, and but yeah, because I was really having the FOMO about the the camera, right? I'm not so much having FOMO about this one because I think the leap from a 12 to a 13 is, you know, no longer that great. You know, are you Mark? Are you still on the the program where you can flip your phone or? No, 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 no. I gave that up a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. How about you, honey? I have a uh, 12 Pro here, and um, 
I'm undecided what I will do here uh, because yeah. it is uh, it's definitely an upgrade. Is it is it enough of an upgrade? Um, I'm not on the upgrade. You can get a program. terabyte of space. No, I guess it's not on this phone. But yeah, <laughs> maybe we should talk about the, <laughs> let's talk about the pro since we just we just covered off the that's just the 13 in the mini, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll just checking off the boxes for stats. They talked about battery life, um, the mini having one and a half hours longer than its equivalent 12 mini, yeah. and the 13 being two and a half hours more battery life than the uh, equivalent 12. The pricing starts at uh, 699 US for the mini and 799 for the 13 is what I wrote. Yeah, so I got I to gotta get my soapbox out, as Jonathan would say, about the battery life. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm not using cellular which is what I thought, you know, I'm not on the, I'm not searching for networks and stuff like that, but I find that my phone doesn't last the day anymore. Yeah, how about you guys? What, do you, do you, do you, what apps phone are you or? running in the background? Hmm. I don't know. I'm probably all the, all the, all the culprits, like, you know, probably, yeah. I guess I have to go over to that, that, um, yeah, power monitor. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Power monitor. Probably, I probably have like the Facebook and the Twitter and the, and I have teams, you know, the, all the Microsoft stuff like teams and, and, um, Interesting for, things like that. for me, my highest activity um, for battery usage is App Store, thirty six percent. Where do you go to that? Is, it, is that under battery? You go to that? Oh uh, yeah, uh, settings battery. Yeah, and then scroll home. down. Yeah. yeah, mine's WebEx at sixteen. Camera, I do use my camera a lot. Yeah, Octaver- Octa Verify is thirteen percent for me. That's pretty sad. What's that? Oh, it's it's the three. Uh, um, uh, what what is it called? Three. Third, what is it? The verification two-factor two-factor identification. Oh, two FA, yeah, two FA, yeah. yeah, it's you know every time every time I need to do anything, uh, I have to have it send Okta a uh, a push notification, and then I have to say yes, it was me. I did it ten times. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, right, yeah. Tim, what does your battery health look like? Mine is at ninety four percent when I look, and my top Mine's usage. 90, yeah. Here's my top five usages. Um, yeah. Before it gets into weird stuff, so Slack, Gmail, Overcast, Safari, Mail, and then exposure notifications and home and lock screen. Hmm. But what percentage are those like at? Uh, exposure and home and lock screen at five and four percent. Slack is at yeah. twenty one. Gmail ten. Overcast eight. Safari six. And Mail six. You say your max capacity was ninety four percent. Battery health. I just lost. Oh, here it is. Uh, maximum capacity, 94%. Uh, and what model do you have? This is the 12 Pro. Okay, yeah, yeah my 12 Pro is at 89%. Yeah, mine's at 90. Wow. And I just charged it like an hour ago. But but I mean, for me, WebEx, WebEx is sitting at 16%, and then camera is at 13%. Tim, are you talking are you talking about your battery level or your maximum capacity? Uh, la- oh, sorry, last charge at 90%. Where do you see that? Uh, tap on battery health. Oh, battery health. Okay. Yeah, no, my max capacity is 90%. 90%. Okay. And I've got the optimized thing turned on. But yeah, for me, WebEx, I only use, use this, this phone for WebEx once a day, and it's at 16%. Like, how do I get rid of that? And then my camera's at six, 13%, and then Teams is at 11 So yeah, the Microsoft stuff is chewing up my battery, I guess. Right. And then my exposure notification is 10%. Hmm. Mail's 11%. My exposure notification is at 2%. Weird. Canada thing? Maybe could there's be. not as much many people, or I don't know. Yeah, it could be. It could be a population thing. I don't know. Yeah. 
Hard to say. Anyway, uh, are we have we checked all the boxes there, Jaime? We have, because we can move on to the 13 Pro, which has a new color, or new colors. Well, before we do that, so the Mini, like, what do you think about the Mini? Like, it, there was rumors about Mini not selling well or whatever, but here we are again with another Mini. Another Mini, and they, they spent the time to make it better. They didn't say, well, it's the, the cheapo one or something, and, yeah. and lean into the failure. They said, no, we've made it, yeah. you know all the same powerful stuff that its bigger brother has and uh, yeah. 1.5 hours longer battery life. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, as Xavier mentioned too, when he was looking on the Slack that the the 12 pro is gone, but the 12 is still around. And so is the 11 actually on, on the Canadian store. Anyway, you can still buy a 12 and 11 and an SE obviously. Right. So, all right. So let's dive into the 13 pro. Oh, got, so pro got a lot of the same stuff. A 15 bionic new colors like Sierra blue ceramic shield and stuff uh, a five core gpu with uh, 50% higher graphics that same uh super retina xdr display with the 1000 nits mm-hmm. uh, pro motion um which started on on the ipads i think it comes to the iphone now with a refresh uh, range that's pretty dramatic from as high as 120 hertz down to 10 hertz which is 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 pretty dramatic that they can they can change that refresh rate dynamically like that and that's where you're going to get some of that battery life savings, right? Like, I assume that if you're, you know, if you're doing like a 3D game and you know you're using all the all the pixels, all the frames, like they probably have to crank it up so you get nice smooth action. But if you're just there, looking at a web page, wondering how do I recover a QuickTime video or a QuickTime <laughs> audio recording, you know, like it takes a little while to read very carefully. So they can drop that down to 10 hertz. It's not scrolling at all, right? So yeah, save some battery life. By the way, it looks like I just went back and looked at the ceramic shield seems to be the glass, or, or I guess it's like sort of what they used to call gorilla glass, right? Um, but yeah, because I noticed this one has surgical steel, stainless, surgical grade stainless, stainless steel. But can you cut a tomato with it? Slice a it's tomato? Like, <laughs> or, or a can, like a Ginsu knife? Is that where? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe you got to be careful with this pro. I don't know. Comes in 6.1 and 6.7 inches. Um they didn't really specify. I assume that's the normal Pro and then the Pro Max. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. They yeah. kind of whiz past that. Um, seven, sorry, 77 millimeter tele- telephone. Telephoto is what that's supposed to be. Telephoto three time, three uh, X optical zoom. Bunch mm-hmm. of aperture stuff. All cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Just whiz past that. I wrote Bunch them down. Confused, yeah, I wrote them down. I don't know why. I don't, I don't get it. I'm not, I mean, you explained a bit, but like. You know, just barely grokking it. Um, all cameras do have night mode, though, which is really cool. Uh, they've got the macro slow mo. Unless you're uh, trying to take a picture of a moose, it's not so cool. Yeah, <laughs> a moose detection in, in Canada only. Um, yeah, uh, cinematic mode, of course. Well, that's what the wide angle screens for the moose detection, right? Yeah. Later this year, so uh, not on day one of of iOS 15, presumably a point release, uh, ProRes Video, which has higher color fidelity and more efficient processing for the Pro's one. They've got uh, 4K video at 30 frames per second in ProRes. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Be ready in time for the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, do you remember the? Um, and I, I, I think it was Catherine the Bigelow was one of the actors or one of the directors. You're going to ask about the directors? No, I was going to ask, like, there was uh, there was some awards show. I want to say it was, like, the Oscars, the Emmys, and Ellen DeGeneres was there, and Samsung was the sponsor. So they were doing a lot of Samsung phone, oh, yeah. whatever the latest device Ooh. was, stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, that'd be pretty cool if Apple did that there just to show off what they do, but uh, maybe the marketing yeah. doesn't fit in quite with their brand. 
Well, you know, you know, I went to the Barcelona Olympics in in '91. I was there the, the year before they were starting. Apple was doing the time. You know how IBM usually did the time in the Olympics. Apple was was sponsoring the the time recording. So, yeah, so there was like Apple people at the Barcelona Olympics. You know, interesting, interesting times. That's a long time ago. That was like '91. So but you're right. It would be cool. Speaking of time, uh, battery life is one and a half longer. Sorry, one and a half hours longer on the 12 Pro. So that's Pro. for the for the WebEx. It's going to last your WebEx longer, that your WebEx and your Outlook? If you get the 12 Pro, uh, if you get the 12 <laughs> Pro Max, you have uh, two and a half hours longer than the equivalent wow. 12 Max. Nice. Yeah, and your pricing is uh, $999 base model for the Pro and uh, $1099 base model for the Max. And, and interestingly, this time the camera is the same. I think last year the difference, for the last couple of years, the, the Max has been better than the than the standard pro right um this time the, the they made a point to saying the cameras are the same yeah Probably. they've seen to alternate that where some years the the max is the one that has something better about the camera system yeah and then some yeah. years it's like nope just which size of screen do you want which battery life do you want yeah um yeah. You can do pre-orders on Friday uh, as of this recording. Um, it will probably be too late by the time this comes out, but they will be available in people's uh, loving and grubbing paws on uh, 9-24. Yeah. So did we check all the boxes here? Yeah, we did. I, guess. I, I reached the end of my notes for, for all the device stuff. Cool. Yeah, I think it's very similar to to what you got there on the... Um, I, I, the whole idea of using... So it's funny, you know, because... Um, I use my camera like we, I was talking to. I talked to a lot of people about shooting with SLRs and stuff like that. I know Greg is, you know, still shooting with SLRs. I think he's got film camera too. But um, and there are people still shooting film. But like the 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 iPhone camera is way is it's like it's definitely way better than like you don't need an SLR. You don't need a Canon or what have or a Nikon anymore. Like because because these devices are just as good. And I think that was the point of what the exercise with Catherine Bigelow and the other director was. Um, that you can use these devices now to shoot film, like the proper, you know, digital film. And they put a big little emphasis here, and there's a lot of points here on the on the video recording. So from that point of view, it's really kind of cool that, that you know, a handheld device like this can take on, you know, the, the larger, you know, film cameras of the world, right? Um, and, and photo cameras as well, too. And actually, I was, you'll see on the next week when Joe's show comes out, he was actually using his iPhone as his uh, webcam. And like, you know, compared to me, he was like, you know, I'm using a brand new, relatively brand new MacBook Pro, you know, you would assume has a good camera in it, uh, you know, for the the, the front facing camera. And yet his video was like light and day, light and day better than mine. Right. So, yeah, and that's just using the iPhone as a, as a video camera or webcam, right. It's kind of a cool idea. But so what do you think? Like, are you, we, we kind of sort of talked about, I, I'm not going to upgrade. I don't think this time. Um, I think, you know, when we first started the show, this podcast, we would upgrade every year religiously, right? Um, what about you guys, Mark and, and Jaime? What do you think? So I've got a 12 Pro, um, so I don't have an urgent need to update, I think. But I may be due for a new one through my company, so I might get one through them. Um, but I, I probably would not buy one out of my own pocket, I think. Yeah, I'll probably get some test devices too, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, like for me, my my, I had that snafu last uh, November, I guess when or November December when my iPhone 10 uh, screen stopped responding to the touch and it was outside of the warranty period because it was three years old at that point. Um, you know, had I 
had I re- Carol was actually carrying it at the time, but if I had to realize that, that it was a problem with the screen, we could have got we could have got it replaced under warranty. But um, so I had to get a new phone. I, I don't know how I can tell when I when I got this one, but and and I'm doing it through Rogers, where I'm paying them. I pay them some money up front, but I'm paying so much per month to have this phone. And I'm not sure if I if that makes me entitled to upgrade to the next phone by just you know kicking them a few bucks or something like that. But um, so I'm I'm not at the regular um, cycle like like I got this one. I wouldn't. It's not a day one phone is what I'm getting at, right? Whereas my 10R, my 10, my 10 itself were both day one phones. So I'm off cycle. Although I, Carol's uh, Carol's phone number is eligible for an upgrade right now, so I technically could get one if I really wanted to. But I mean, other than you know, kind of things on the camera. But I mean, like we're not really going anywhere during the pandemic. So do I really need a super duper camera? Yeah. I'm not really going to be out. And, about, and right. honestly, are the cameras at the point where you're not going to be able to take any better of a picture with a with a with the fancier camera than you could with the current camera, right? Yeah, yeah. just because you're not a professional photographer. I mean, I, I no. don't know, you know. <laughs> I'm not I'm not competing with Catherine Bigelow for an Oscar to yeah, make right, a video right, right. movie as well, right? <laughs> I don't know. I I kind of find myself these days using the iPad more for apps and yeah. and the phone just kind of more for a phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for texting yeah, yeah. and the phone and yeah i do take pictures but yeah i don't take a lot of pictures um but i take some so yeah so yeah i mean it's it's i have less of an urgent need for the latest and greatest fancy new phone than i used to yeah. sad. maybe yeah. i'm just getting old how about you honey what do you think i'm i'm tempted but but it's not an absolute yes it's not an absolute no and originally i was thinking well probably not because you know, is it enough of an upgrade to deal with the hassle of having to work with IT to get my authenticator apps and other stuff, basically for all my work-related stuff, put back on to the device, right? It's like the one thing I can't self-service, and, and understandably so, right, because it's for security reasons. But that was before um, one of our customer conferences went from being in-person to fully virtual, so I'm like, hmm, what else will I be doing <laughs> other than sitting on my butt? I could actually deal with that hassle. So I'm, I might be, I, I don't think I'm going to stay up late on, uh, on Friday to, to order. I might go yeah. into a, a second or third wave of, uh, of phones. If I end up getting one. Yeah. I, I definitely didn't have to wait to get this phone. I just went to the Apple store cause I, I was way after, you know, the rush. Right. Um, I, you know, basically went in and just got it. <laughs> Like I think I had to wait a week, like a couple of days uh, to get a phone. But yeah, what do you think about the the? So I'm on a watch series four. I don't have. I mean, this one has the EKG. I don't have any other compelling reason to get a new watch. What about you guys? I'm on a series five, and and I almost never wear it. So absolutely will not <laughs> be buying a new watch. <laughs> How about you, Hami? Series six, and uh, although this one looks like a you know a nice tidy upgrade, um, I'm gonna wait until there are new sensors of some sort. Yeah, some some big thing. I mean, I use my watch a lot. I mean, I use it to I use it for fitness and stuff like that. Like I, I walk every day with the dog, and I record my my walk there, and I can unlock my door with the August lock and that kind of stuff with my with my watch. And um, you know, yeah, plus you know using things like messages and stuff like that and notifications. I think is probably the killer, still the killer thing for me with the watch, right? You know, you get a buzz and you kind of just flip your wrist and look at it and just, do I need to deal with this right now? And, you know, that's still the handy mode for me on the watch, right? Um, 
And then the, on the iPads, I, I, I don't think any of us are in the market for the these uh, low-level iPads. I mean, the mini, I've always liked the mini as a, as a size format, but... Um, yeah, I know. I'm. I'm. I use my 11 all the time. My 11, 11 Pro, right? Um, I don't see any reason to to get a new iPad either. So yeah, yeah. I have an 11 Pro and a 12.9 Pro. That's less than a year old. So yeah, so I'm both. Not, I have both. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. One for work or one personal kind of thing, or uh, kind of. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Cool. How about you, Hummy? Are you an iPad user at all, or iPad Pro? I don't recall which model I have. Um, it's only compatible with the first-gen Apple Pencil. Oh, that's a 10, probably. 10-inch. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think I got it when they, uh, they bumped to that um, form factor. And it's doing pretty well for the way that I use it as a pretty passive mm-hmm. um, consumption kind of device. And then, you know, some of the pencil stuff for you know, whiteboarding yeah. or drawing stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm not really heavily inclined to move to either of these iPads, um, I might check with my significant other. She's an iPad mini user. See if she's interested in any of the things that they, uh, that they offered here. Does she have touch ID on her mini? Uh, she does. Cause I upgraded, uh, last year or the year before, whenever they, they most recently had their upgrade, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, when I was transiting and stuff like that, I, I really liked them. The mini is like a paperback, you know, it kind of just fits in your pocket and you can like, especially a winter coat. You know, you'd have to lug around a, a Merce kind of thing to carry it, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's funny. Since I've been working at the bank, I really don't take any equipment with me other than my phone, right? When, I'm, when, when I was going into the office, that is. Now we're all working from home. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting event. But, yeah, nothing really jumps off the page for us, I guess, right? I think this is, I, I would say this is probably the first event where one of us wasn't going to buy something, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, given that we have relatively fresh and newer stuff, um, yeah. Like I'm constantly amazed at people who are like, "Oh, I've got a 6S." I'm like, "What? How are you still on that?" Yes, this is an absolutely yeah. enormous upgrade for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you've never had a phone before. That's how big of an upgrade it is. Yeah. Well, I went from a, I think I had a six plus. I never had. I never owned a seven or an eight or a nine. No, there never was a nine. <laughs> but uh, um, I went from a six six plus to a ten. You know. Um, that was a big, big leap. But then, mm-hmm. mind you, I had access to phones at, at at the office, kind of thing, right? So it wasn't like any real reason to jump jump at this one. But uh, yeah, the ten was a big was a big sort of leap in terms of technology, right? Yeah. And I've sort of kept up with it with the eleven. I never owned eleven, but I have an eleven sitting here in front of me because it's a work one, right? Um, yeah, but I'm happy, and I went with the twelve because of the camera for sure last year. But yeah. I think the camera would be the only reason I would go to a 13 right now, but like a 13 Pro, I mean, but I I don't really see any reason to, right? And and the Mini doesn't appeal to me, although the Mini might appeal to Carol, for instance, right? Because she probably would like a smaller phone. I don't know, it's hard to say. Yeah. My eyes are getting so bad these days that I can barely, you know, I can't really see what's on my on my uh, phone, so I'm not going to get an iPad Mini. I need it. I need it you don't have as, you as wear glasses and stuff? Or? I have reading glasses. Yeah. And it's a, pain to have to and i had i do have to carry them around with me all the time but yeah you know when you're when you're out and about and you're you know you're you, you're wearing a mask and all that and pulling out your, yeah you know and trying to juggle you got your phone in your hand trying to get the glasses out to put it on to so you, just so you yeah. can do face id and all and yeah, it's, yeah it's, and you don't have any problem with distance vision at all or uh my distance vision is is still 
you know, fine. I had okay, LASIK yeah. done a while back. Oh, like, okay, okay, right. I mean, right. it's been it's been twenty years since I had LASIK done, and it yeah. was it was amazing. So I was I was nearsighted when I was a kid. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I always wore glasses or contacts until I was about thirty. Then I got LASIK, mm. Uh, mm. and I had I got to be I got to say I had what I consider perfect vision close up and far away for probably about 15 years after that. Wow. Um, wow. But then my close up vision just fell off the, fell off the roof. I mean, it just collapsed. Yeah, Terrible. Yeah. I'm blind yeah. close up now, which is weird. Cause when I was a kid, <laughs> I could re- always, you know, if I wanted to read something, yeah. I'd have to pull it in close, but I couldn't see far away. And now it's kind of the opposite. I can't see anything close up. Wow. And, okay. and, you know, for a while there, I could just kind of, the thing I was holding, I could just sort of move it farther and farther away and I could read it again until my arms weren't long enough anymore. <laughs> I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. My, my, uh, optician explained to me that your lens gets, it gets hard when you get older. That's why it doesn't, it's not as flexible. Right. And it's, it's and like, I'm now at the point where I'm, where I'm a candidate for cataracts because it's like getting gray hair. You get gray eyes as well. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's so. I think it's not the lens that you're talking about. It, it's when you're nearsighted or farsighted. It's the shape of the lens, yeah. uh, and and so LASIK is they're contouring the actual lens with the laser right. uh, to right. fix that. But but right. when when you have presbyopia, which is old version old person vision, right? Uh, <laughs> it's oh, there's a name for it. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's presbyopia. Pres- pres- okay, that's why you know people wear reading glasses as they get older. Take that, it's, Craig. It's yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. because it's because the um, the muscles in the back of your eye stiffen up. It's not the lens, but yes. the, it's the yeah. muscles oh, that yeah, stiffen yeah. up, and it can't it can't respond fast enough, and somehow right. that leads to a, a deterioration of your close up vision. Right. Cool. Which is sad. Uh, yep. All right. Well, let's 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 get into our picks here. Go around the table as we used to say back in the day. Um, I'll I'll go first. How about that? Um, so I've got a couple of picks here. One that I put up here a couple of weeks ago, and this was uh, something that people may know about, they may not know about, but Apple, our friends over at Apple have on their GitHub page have, uh, we talked about CloudKit in the past, um, but they've got some uh, actual examples here on their GitHub on how to use uh, CloudKit. Um, so they've got some sample projects here. There's one here for like with a private DB synchronization. There's one for sh- a sample sharing app. Uh, another private DB one, um, sample queries, uh, sample encryption uh, app using CloudKit as well, and um, core data sync with CloudKit. So uh, so if you're interested in CloudKit and what you can use it for and you're looking for some sort of tips on how to do it, uh, this is by the fine folks over at Apple on their repositories. So check it out. Mm-hmm. My first pick. My second pick is, I just, went to, I just came across this today. I think um, Marin posted this. Uh, X codes, it's called, and so I don't know about you guys, but we we have managed Max at work, so we, uh, you know, I've worked with our our uh, technology guys to create uh, uh, installers for us. But one of the things I, I tend to do on my own computer at home, I learned this a long time ago, is I use uh, XIP um, app on my Mac. I don't double click on the installer and install it. I use the XIP thing to expand it into my applications directory. Uh, and then you can, there are ways of, on the command line to go in and do the permission stuff that you normally have to do when you, like when you first open an Xcode, it asks you to authenticate and that kind of stuff. Anyway, that's the stuff we had to automate at work. But this tool uh, from Robots and Pixels called Xcodes allows you to do a command line install of uh, Xcodes and and c- 
carry multiple versions of them. What we do at, at the office, because we like to have a couple of different versions of Xcode, is our installer will take, like, you know, if you have an Xcode 12.3, it will install it into your applications folder as Xcode 12.3. And then we have a, a script to let you switch back and forth between different versions of Xcode. Um, but this one will allow you to do the same thing. So if you have, a, in the as it says here, um, you want to install a 12.0, it'll install it into your applications folder as Xcode-12.0.o.app. Um, so, and sort of a handy little script here to, to do, to run using command line to install your Xcodes. And, um, you, you can install it with, um, homebrew this particular script, but yeah, it's basically like, then you use the Xcodes install and then you put the version of Xcode that you want to put in there. Um, and you have to store your username and password if you want. Um, but it'll actually go and download the, the XIP from Apple and then, uh, and un- unarchive it you know, into your directory and then it will set it up and off you go, off to the races. I assume it's going to do the Xcode select thing as well um, because that's how you would switch back and forth. Yeah, it does have the select thing here as well. So you can change, because that's important. If you're running a different version of Xcode, you want to make sure that you're, um, when you do the build, it's using the build that you intend it to use. So you have to make sure that you've switched over to that appropriate uh, version of Xcode. But yeah, kind of cool little script here, some tools for people who aren't, you know, aficionados on the command line to basically go in and install Xcode on the fly. That's cool. I don't know if you guys run multiple versions of Xcode or you're always on the latest, greatest kind of thing. I keep a beta version around usually. Yeah. So I currently have a 12.5 and mm-hmm. and a beta version of 13. Yeah. Yeah, 13. And as I said at the top of the show, 13, the 13 RC release candidate is now available as well. Yeah, so. I got to grab that. Go grab that. I grabbed it yesterday. I haven't installed it yet, but I will. I'll use my command line trick to do that one. So yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it looks like it's written in Swift too. So over to you, Jaime. What do you got for us? What exciting, you know, Picard related uh, pick do you have for us? <laughs> not not Picard related <laughs> in this case, um, but you know, with all those uh, fancy Apple Pencil powered products that they came out with, uh, it might be timely to have the. Uh, draw yourself as a Peanuts character in Pages, the Snoopy artist. So it kind of goes through. It's about a 10-minute video here on YouTube. Gives you that same kind of thing that um, I've done it like a like a Disneyland or Disney World kind of thing where an artist is like, all right, we're going to show you how to draw Goofy, yeah. uh, the character Goofy, not, uh, not the adjective. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they give you the, okay, well, you know, this is, you know, draw this part as like the letter C and here, you know, draw this circle and then put the eyes. Like, that's kind of the same kind of nice thing they do here with um, one of the storyboard artists. So of the uh, of the Snoopy show, so it's kind of nice to see how that comes together and how they get that style. Um, kind of a, a nice little video; it doesn't take long to go through, and you can kind of get a, a sense of how to do this yourself and how to customize it to look like you. Yeah. Well, this is this came out a while ago. I've seen this. I saw this video. I think you might. I don't know if you tweeted about it, but somebody did back in uh, July. I just never made it a never made it a pick oh. on here, and it, it seemed timely. <laughs> okay. Why is it timely? Because of the uh, various Apple Pencil powered oh, uh, iPads that came out, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether well, you I have the I... first gen or second gen Apple's uh, pencil support. Yeah, so in, in in not really a pick, but I guess I can make it a sort of pseudo pick. Is um, you know, I was I was playing with my 3D printer. I've been printing a printing up a store. I'm building a HAL 9000 clone right now. Um, I was waiting for the lenses to come in, but uh, just you know to have something to hang on the wall and look kind of cool i've looked at them like i looked at movie props in the past you know uh, but i've got this printer here and i can basically print my own stuff right make my own toys as i like to say 
Um, but one of the things that, you know, as, as a traditional sculptor, you know, I can, I can sculpt clay or I can, you know, carve wood and that kind of stuff and make sculptures. And, the, and I've kind of been fascinated by the idea of translating that into digital, right? So I Googled around to see if there's any sort of, you know, software for doing, like there's Blender and things like that, you know, but I wanted to learn how to do sculpture in 3D uh, on, on my Mac or my iPad. And so I found this program called Nomad Sculpt. Um, and, uh, if I'm I don't think it's, I think it might even be free, but, uh, it's by a, a, a guy in France. Um, but it's, it's a really cool tool because it's got all the sort of, it seems to have all the sort of tools that you would have in to create, you know how you like, you imagine how do they make like a 3d version of princess Leia or so on and so forth. Like how do they make, you know, the, all the, the aspects correct, right. So it looks like a, a moving, you know, like Christopher or not Christopher, um, the guy who plays Gar- uh, Governor Tarkin on, you know, in the movie, like, how do they make that face and that kind of thing, right? So, um, I mean, so I'm actually using my own face right now. I'm trying to build, build a model of my own head, but um, the idea is to use this to build. So you can cut, you can you can use like a digital clay, like you can basically use the pencil to add clay to the object. You can pull and push and move, and it's really kind of cool. So it's if you're into if you're interested in that at all, and there's um. Uh, a couple of there's a lot of good videos on it, but there's one uh, lady I'm reading right now on Gumroad. She's got a course on how to how to basically build a, a realistic head, which is kind of cool. So hopefully I'll get to the point where I can actually print it out on my 3D printer. But that's what I've been doing is with Nomad Sculpt is learning how to use my iPad to do sculpture in the, a virtual sense using those pixels that I talked about earlier in my <laughs> in the follow up. Right. Cool. Yeah. So that's it. So I guess that's it for another week. So hey, hi, me if people want to get in touch with you, where would they find you? I'm on Twitter is at Dev with the hair. All right, Mark, people are in touch with you. Mark R at snapsoft.com. All right. My name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machines where you'll find me. And until next time, we'll see you in the future. Bye. 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 This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fireside.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends, leave a comment on the website, or write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, so use the hashtag AskMTJC, and we may mention you on the show. Friends of the show can also join us on the podcast Slack channel. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast. Please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on Patreon.com slash MTJC. Every dollar pledged helps a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. You don't even ask if I have a pick, Tim. Do you have a pick, Mark? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's the thought that counts, Tim. It's the thought that counts. Yeah, Yeah, it's like like Christmas. Yeah. 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 I I figured if you had a pick, you might have put it on the, put something on the the notes to indicate. (laughs) I don't know how to find picks anymore. No? No. You have to go outside. Yeah. It is funny. There are days where I just don't go outside at all. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, if mm-hmm. I if, I think if I didn't have a dog, I wouldn't. But but yeah. like part of my regime in the morning is is I started. I realized that you know when I was commuting to work, I would walk a certain distance every day, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I I do that in the morning. Like you know, we have a, a we have a coffee call in the morning where you know get together and just it's just a Webex call. I open it up on my phone, which is why it's got no battery left. And um, yeah, we just we meet up at like nine o'clock in the morning. I walk my dog, and we talk about you know life, the universe, and everything. Sometimes we talk about work, but generally we talk about you know fun stuff. And it's a great way for people to sort of get their day started, like you know we would have done back in the day. You know, you walk in the office, you see people, and you have a chat. You know, the water cooler conversations, right? So yeah, yeah, we have office hours every day. Same kind of concept. Mm-hmm. Right, where you just you just chat and stuff. So it's it's either. If it's if anyone has any team wide stuff to talk about, we talk about it. Otherwise, we talk about what do you do this weekend or what are you going to do next yeah. weekend, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, cool. How about you, Jaime? What do you guys do for socializing? Sometimes we'll do um, more like Friday afternoon kind of things, which is always a little weird for me being on the West Coast. And other folks are mostly in Central Time. It's like, oh, it's end of day. I'm like, it's, it's two p.m. for me. Two o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Mind you, do you have like daily standups and stuff like that or no, you don't have that? Uh, my team doesn't have that because we're, we're, we're pretty small and, and we just don't operate on those. Uh, we're, we're not like a traditional engineering team in the developer yeah. relations. So we just do a weekly standup and then communicate mm-hmm. um, on an ad hoc basis in Slack or if we need to throw together a, a Google Hangout or something, we can do that pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Mark? You do the same sort of thing? So we do a... Uh... A Slack stand-up, essentially. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But we don't do an in-person stand-up because we are also a small team, and we're pretty much on Zoom 50% of the day as it is. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, with each other. Are you, like, yeah. pair programming and stuff like that, or just meetings? Um, you could call it pair programming, I guess. You could call it pair programming, although, although it's not tra- it's not traditional pair programming. It's just we get, a, you know, we, we get on on the call to discuss things and um yeah and uh yeah we talk about coding issues we talk about product issues so we're yeah we're on we're on zoom a lot so there's kind of mm-hmm. no reason to have a you know an official stand-up we're like i said we're a small team well do you like do you have like a like you just hang out on zoom or do you have like a a general like you just have the call open while you're working or uh, no that's that's kind of the office hours where we have the call open and are working sort of but but uh no no we will we will, it's, it's, uh, it's more about talking about specific issues when we're on the call. Right. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I should say I'm on the call <laughs> with, <laughs> different, with various different people on the team. They're not necessarily yeah. all on the call with each other. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But no, we have, we have like, we have me, we have tech meetings where we'll get together with a couple, like the Android and iOS lead and, and, uh, you yeah. know, the pro the BA will get on, get on the call and we'll have a, discussion about you yeah know, oh, we, have feature, yeah, feature, we have those two you know. yeah 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 oh, yeah we have like a 15 minute stand i've like i'm running three pods now so we have like 15 minute stand-ups in the morning for each pod and they you know they run anywhere from you know 10 minutes to you know 20 or 30 minutes right and then we have meetings throughout the week you know yep. management meetings stuff like that yep. but lots of fun yep I wanted to go through my, I, I'm sure I've had things that I wanted to talk. Oh, yes, I did. I did have one thing I want to talk about. It was on this podcast. No, so let me just grab that. I mean, knows what it is. 
Maybe Jaime doesn't remember. No, I don't. Re- I don't remember. I was traumatized from losing the audio the last time. Oh, are you? Oh, wow. You don't, you don't remember? Okay. Yeah, Mark. My my. Um, before I'd had a chance to save my audio when Tim and Jonathan and I were recording Spotcast last Thursday, my Mac just hard crashed. It took me a moment to realize what had happened because it's like, oh, why did my screen flicker? Wait, I can't hear the guys anymore. What's happened? And then I see the Apple logo. I was like, oh, that's not good. And yeah. Unfortunately, I tried all the the tricks you're supposed to be able to do to dig into uh, finding the recording thing, and it was gone. Oh, no. That's Mm. weird. I mean, yeah. Mind you, that happened to Aaron once, too, right? We had that that explosion where he lost... I think that's one of the... For those of you listening to the show, that's that's, uh, one of the times when we had a mystery didn't publish an episode back in the 40s, back in the... When you were, like... 42 or 43 or something like that there's like there is no episode 43 that's probably why there was two two instances like that one where i think aaron and i did a show by ourselves and i forgot to hit record (laughs) you know and then uh yeah and then there was one time we lost aaron's recording there was a time when we lost my recording and i had to after the podcast i had to re-say everything i could remember that i had said to fill in the gap well because i remembered i remember (laughs) what you were talking about so i kept prompting you right right yeah and I, I did, you know, because sometimes you could hear a little bit, a little bit of bleed in the headphones mm. when I get mm-hmm. the recording, and and I could I could see that we were pretty much pretty close to what we were intended to do, but we lost the spontaneity. You know, Mark was like, yeah. "Well, if you want to do a view control, you got to do like." No, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> All so right, we record ourselves, and then we have at least two hosts using Zoom recording because the odds of all of that going away is is minimal, but still possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we we lose Jonathan's recording all the time too. Like he, so he, I've had to like either. There's a couple of reasons why. Sometimes he he has a habit of banging on his desk when he when he's writing or talking. Like he he'll um like he'll be typing on the keyboard or something like that. Or or and there's like other noises in his house. So sometimes the Zoom call with its automatic, you know, noise filtering is is better for me to use. Right. So often I use his his Zoom recording if if it's really bad. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 